Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we are here to discuss some Super Bowl trailers. We got a little bit of content, some video, as the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35 to in a quite, a quite wonderful game, despite what people mm-hmm. may think about the referees at the end of that game. But mm-hmm. that, that, that uh-huh that you heard was from the, the super producer of this show, Jake Christie. Jake, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I've won three out of four of my bets, so it was a good game. The only one I lost was the uh, the, the coin toss. <laughs> you love to see it. Love to see Jake thriving out here in these streets. Before we get started, just wanted to remind everybody that if you are a potential supporter of this podcast, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash mcuniversitypod, where we could get our latest bonus content as we do extra pods. We have the Discord. You get in there for $3.00. And if you want to support more, there's the $8 tier that gets you additional things, as Jake has has previously stated on this show. So listen, appreciate everybody for supporting in the meantime, and we'll keep on going. But first, Jake, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We got another trailer for Mm -hmm. it. I think, as opposed to the first trailer, I feel like this one centered a little bit more on Peter Quill. And kind of where he is at this point with Gamora and that whole relationship thing. And I guess before I throw it to you, I'll just say this. How would you feel if somebody that you fell in love with died and then came back as a different version of themselves that didn't like you at all? (laughs) I mean, that's a great question. And it is kind of like it. It's actually like a very common. It's more common in fiction than you think. I think it's a concept we all think about is what what makes the qualities of someone that we love, right? It's obviously part of it's physical, but obviously it's not all. And what is it? And I think that's kind of what this is about. Like, you know, Peter seems to still love her, but the version of her that she is, is not the one that fell in love with Peter. And what does that say about the human slash alien condition that you can, that one version of you might fall in love with someone, but another version might not, even though it's, you're the same person. These are interesting questions that like, obviously I don't expect, guardians 3 to be the treatise on this phenomenon once again it's a very common question asked in fiction but I- i'm very interested by it and the thing i really liked about what this trailer showed is that i think we were talking a lot when the first trailer dropped about whether the movie was going to be about them getting to like f- getting to the new gamora yeah. and i like that it seems like that's actually not what it's about which i'm glad because i felt like kind of i didn't need it yeah. you know we already know she exists um and so like i'm excited to see that interplay because i think that it is a it is both a good dramatic conceit, but also a really good comic conceit, as you can tell by the jokes that have come off in the trailer. Now, I will say, a thing I heard in the trailer, which I just could tell you were salivating it. I could hear the salivation from miles away when the trailer, when I watched it for the first time. When Peter Quill says, one last ride. Yes, one last ride. My goodness gracious. We'll fly off together forever oh my gosh it, those are your favorite words in this language uh, you mean, know one last ride washes you under. I, let me tell you jake um this i think about this film and the more i think about its concept and what it's going to look like there is a bit of emotion that rises up just because of the love mm-hmm. of when i first saw guardians of the galaxy for the first time and Everything that comes with that and the way that they've built these characters up throughout all these years and it's built to the crescendo Mm -hmm. of Infinity War and losing Gamora and then getting her back and everything that's happened regarding that and 
And the way that this story, again, seems to be set up as a rocket one, as he was Mm -hmm. uh, created by the high evolutionary. And we saw a little bit more of him in this trailer as well. I just think there, when you build up the whole one last ride thing, James Gunn's last film in the MCU for the time being or forever, perhaps, I think all of those things considered it. You just do you do feel emotions in talking about it and and just based off of everything that you see in the trailer and things like Adam Warlock sh- show up too. So there's new elements, but also it feels like it's grounded in this sense of a uh, familial bond that these these characters have with each other. And honestly, you don't need to sell me on the movie because this is what the MCU is when it's at its best is because of the fact that you have these characters built up for so long that you know them, they're you feel like they're right in their home, right in your home with you. And it's exciting to see how they close this chapter and this version of the team out. Yeah, and I think that they're really they're playing on that heavy in the trailer, as they should, because I've always been a proponent of like the characters are why people show up to the MCU movies. I think that um, when the movies don't work as well, I think, or when they unsuccessfully try to introduce new characters that people don't find compelling, I think, and I think that that's why I roll my eyes at a lot of the criticism of the MCU, which is often, the actual criticisms are fair, when, like, people will criticize a CGI thing or, like, something being too basic. It's like, mm-hmm. you're missing why people like it. People like it because they really like these characters and they like the way that they interact, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so... I think that them selling the rocket part, but also I think that there's obvi- obviously hints about Drax. Right. Um, you know, we know that Batista, he said he's done. So either he's going to die or go out at the sunset. Um, and so I think that, like, because we don't know who's going to die, who's going to live, what the team is going to look like, whether there will be a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 4, mm-hmm. I think that those all together make the movie actually pretty easy to sell. Yeah. Like, I, we actually don't need that much about the other stuff, because it's like, the Guardians are on another journey that they might not all come back from. I don't give a shit who they're fighting, you know? Like, it's just, okay, that's I'm already in. Yeah, I think that's perfect, because, I mean, I think something, as we discussed last week with Quantum Mania and the fact that it leads to something else, and it's a part of mm-hmm. something else bigger and grander. Mm-hmm. This is contained, it feels more contained within its own mm-hmm. thing and structure, which kind of allows you to be in the moment of that movie way more than most MCU properties these days, which by the way, I'm not complaining about, but I think at the same time, it's refreshing and a little bit of a change of pace here to get something that you feel like a finality. It reminds you of kind of what what Endgame was to a degree for obviously Tony Stark and everything that happened with him. But in this instance, as we get these characters kind of at the end of their, this initial run. Yeah. You, I just think about everything that we have seen from this group, how much fun, how emotional that this has been, this run with these characters and, and I, I feel very excited and a little, there's a little hint of sadness in me too, because I know I'm going to miss that camaraderie within the team to a degree, but I'm also excited to see like Rocket being center stage is great because of mm-hmm. what Bradley Cooper has done with the character and just what they've, how they've written the character overall mm-hmm. throughout his run. 
seeing buffed up Groot is is great for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm excited for that and and yeah, Adam Warlock just from the example of seeing another super powerful character make their way into the MCU. I think just from a a comic book fan perspective, you got you have all of the elements that make me feel um really good about what this movie is setting up to be. So, I mean, re- in regards to what we see in the trailer, I I, I mean, I got to be honest with you like it's cool to see the trailer and stuff like that, but it's one of those things that it didn't really I'm at this point where I'm like I'm ready. Uh like I know it's still a couple of yeah. months away, but I know it's something that I don't need to be hyped for because I'm already way hyped. Yeah, and the good thing too about it, because people a lot of times will criticize Marvel's trailers, will be like, oh my god, they basically gave the whole movie away. And the thing about them is they never do. Like yeah. Marvel's actually really good at making trailers. And so like I actually have basically no idea what is gonna happen in this movie. Um and I think that like I said, I think that they know what they're selling. They know that they don't mm-hmm. need to sell the big bad. Um, we get a lot. We get more of the high evolutionary in this, but like, not just a, ton a nice of, little teensy little taste. The nine. Yeah, we don't get a ton of Adam Warlock. I think that that there's a lot that they don't need to give us. It, what it reminds me of, honestly, a little bit is like the trail when the trailers to, for Avatar two came out. A lot of them were just saying, "Go back to Pandora." They didn't need to say what the story was about. Yeah. It was like, you're going to see this movie because you want to go back to Pandora. And we're going to see Guardians 3 because we want to see the Guardians again. Like, I think that they're very savvy. And the fact that they're going for that with the marketing excites me because it obviously shows that they know that it's not just the marketing that knows that. James Gunn obviously knows that. James Gunn knows that people just want to be with the Guardians. And so, like, as much time as we can get with them, I'll be happy with. And I'm sure we'll get a lot. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's one of those things where as just kind of being in space again too i think that i think that's cool like we've only seen that really with thor for the most part over the last couple of years and it'll be nice to be uh, you know traversing the galaxy once again so uh, i mean just as far as i think the one thing i'll say plot wise that seems interesting is that adam warlock is in direct conflict with the guardians overall seemingly so why and what what happens with that should be a lot of fun um in terms of the fighting i see him going head to head with drax hopefully that's 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 not how drax meets his his maybe perhaps end i'm i'm curious about that but but yeah man it it seems like this will be the movie of the spring uh almost their own version of end game in a sense as they kind of do their their reset but yeah, I mean, if you don't have any other highlights of the of this trailer, um, if you have anything, do you have anything else? No, that's it. Uh, I'm just excited. Um, and yeah, I mean, the love the it's time to face the music. Great tagline, mm-hmm. raised whoever came up with that. But that's all I got. Yeah, I, yeah, th- it should be fun. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three in May, and the other trailer that we wanted to focus on here is a movie that's been under. Heavy, I wouldn't necessarily say criticism per se, but it's just the the tit, the the titular character and the main character of this movie, Ezra Miller, has been under a lot of fire, a huge amount of fire, and so the Flash is 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 coming to theaters in June. We finally got a trailer. It feels like this movie's been done forever, but there's just been so many yeah. problems. With... Well, it's been done, and then it's been undone, and right. then undone, and undone. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I think the trailer is obviously very interesting. I think that 
uh, I'm excited to see the story. Obviously, there is a question of like, how is this multiverse story? You know, like there's a question of, is it going to feel original or is it going to feel like uh, No Way Home but with Batman? Honestly, is obviously was, the question. It, yeah, it was mentioned in our Discord. Um, a couple of people said that mm-hmm. as well. So I found I found that I found that interesting that people took that. Yeah, I mean, and obvi- I don't know the Flashpoint story, and I know that's it's one of your favorite comic book runs. Yes, but the the thing that I'm interested to see in the actual movie because they obviously front load a lot of the Batman stuff because they know what they're selling and they know that um, the actor at the center of the frame is a criminal, um, and they don't want them to be like the focus. And so, I think I understand why they did all that stuff with the Batman, but. I am still not completely sold on Ezra Miller as Barry Allen as a character I want to spend a whole movie with. And that is a thing that I don't think I'll ever get over. Um, And I don't think the movie doesn't necessarily need to fix that problem in order to be enjoyable. There are plenty of movies with leads that I don't particularly like that I enjoy. But I think that that is a thing that I'm still have open. I'm more excited for the movie than I saw the trailer um, just because. I think that, uh, you know, it, it it seems like they have some interesting ideas about the multiverse that haven't necessarily been explored, um, specifically the stuff where there's the two berries the whole time. I think there's some hijinks they can get up to. Um, Michael Keaton as Batman is bittersweet because it's fun to see, but it's also like you can just tell that they had to crop the gun out of the frame that they were holding to his head to make him say the lines. Uh, that's rude. But like, I think that is kind of like, it's, it's like the thing that I think made no way home magical is that it seemed like Toby and Andrew really wanted to be there. Yeah. And I'm just skeptical that Michael Keaton wanted to be there. And I'm sure he might've been, who's to say, but I think that there's that I do actually, I want to see how much of their fastballs the Batman are playing with. Cause as we know, uh, Andrew Garfield came in in No Way Home and he threw an immaculate inning in his burly fork. Uh, Nine pitches, nine strikes. And so, like, I'm remaining open to it. The thing, of course, because I do this podcast and because I go to the movies twice a month at least, I was always going to see it. And I'm more excited now. But I'm also not – there's some people I saw like, oh, shit, this looks like it's going to be great. And I'm like, it looks like it'll be good. Great. I'm still holding reservations. I'll say this. it's It was an impressive first trailer for something that I didn't have a lot of yeah. high expectations for. I, I, I really like the Flashpoint elements with a twist on it. For those who don't know, Flashpoint is a comic book run where – Barry runs back into time because his mother was killed when he was younger. And and in this instance, he he gets to a point where he's visiting her grave and he just feels he misses her. He, he, He wants her back in his life. So he runs back in time and saves his mom. And then because he saves his mom, he creates a terrible reality in which he never becomes the Flash. The Justice League was never formed. Uh, Superman when he land when uh, when he when Kal El lands on Earth he gets captured by the government and held in a facility with with Red Sun so he never get you know kind of grows he's like this really skinny weakling version of himself. Uh, Batman is not Bruce Wayne it's Thomas Wayne the father as Bruce is the one who dies in the alley and his uh, his mother and father live in that instance so. There's a lot of different things going. It's a it's an incredibly fascinating look 
at what would you do if you had the opportunity to save a loved one that and if you had the power to do that but at the same time if and when you do that you created almost irreparable damage to reality overall and i think it's a great look at that it's a very like emotional arc too for for batman i I won't give away too much because i think like for people who are who are comic book readers and actually want to read it i would read flashpoint i really enjoyed it i actually think the animated movie is awesome too they kind of hit kind of the same beats it looks like based off of what this trailer did it's a little it's a little different as opposed to them rescuing uh superman they're rescuing supergirl and uh, that should be interesting. I want to see what that looks like. The whole Batman, uh, uh, Michael Keaton. Uh, it seems like they was making that CGI do some overtime with the way he was he was whooping ass um, in that in that trailer. But the bat suit looks awesome. Um, it seems like they have a good mix of everything that they're trying to do in terms of as opposed to in the books Aquaman and Wonder Woman warring and destroying the world. We have, we're recreating the Man of Steel where Zod comes to Earth and tries to take over and there's no Superman around. There's really no heroes around. So I like the I like what the story seems to look like. And and I know James Gunn is in the tank to a degree because it's his studio that he's running now, but he called it one of the best superhero movies of all time. So I I, I don't think he says that. I don't think he would say that if he no. didn't feel strongly about it. Yeah. But, and it's also one of those things where yeah. I think a lot of people are nervous about it because of the reshoots and the delays and stuff. Yeah. And as I've said a million times before, uh, people blame reshoots for movies being bad when they're bad. Uh, I always use that as an example, but the very good, universally beloved, basically, film Rogue One, a Star Wars story, almost all of it was reshot by a different director, and it was scrambled to put together. And you know why no one complains about that? Because it worked. So just be, I think that there is a chance that all the reshoots made the movie better. Producers don't do reshoots just for their health. They are trying to make the movie better, generally. Yeah, and I think the point that you made about Ezra Miller is a completely a fair one. It is very difficult. And I say this without the idea of all of the criminal activity that they took part in. Honestly, before that, all of that, when I was watching him in Justice League and Batman versus Superman and whatever that he's appeared in so far, I don't know. I just wasn't sold on uh, on them. I, I really wasn't. It wasn't something that I felt like was compelling. So I guess we'll see what this story with multiple versions of, of Barry is. We'll see what, what that looks like yeah. to me. I think they, this is one of those things where... You can have a good story and it could all be pretty good. But as you can see, the marketing is heavily focused on Batman, the Batman and Supergirl to a degree. So I think that is where this press run is going to be fascinating. Yes. And I think the thing, the reason why I bring up the likability of Ezra as a performer is because the story you described in Flashpoint, which I knew the general bits because obviously that's what the trailer is. Mm Mm-hmm. Then order, whenever you're telling a story where the main character screws something up, trying to do something they think is noble, you have to be on the main character's side enough mm-hmm. where you are willing to root for them. Spider-Man No Way Home only works because we like Peter Parker and we think he's doing a good thing trying to save, to help his friends, right? Yep. And so when 
that is not the case. If Barry Allen in this movie is not super likable, if the audience is not really with Barry at all, then that creates the problem where you find yourself an hour into the movie when everything's going to shit thinking, yeah, what else did you expect, idiot? Whereas in No Way Home, that's not what you're thinking. Obviously, you're like, man, you made a hard mistake. But like that, you you need to be – you need to sympathize with the main character to make that decision. And I think the fact of the matter is we've seen a lot of stories. It's a pretty con- d- well-done story of someone trying to go back in time to save a loved one, and it goes wrong. Like that is actually – like that's not new territory. And so I think that like it's actually a higher degree of difficulty – than it might have been seven movies ago where they did it. We're like, right. you really need to convince me that Barry needs to do this. It can't be like I and so I'm a little bit wary about it just because I'm like, I feel like at this point you almost want to say to Barry Allen, like, hey Barry, have you not seen any movies? Because in movies when you do this, it goes bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny about that? I was thinking about this too, and I think part of it is because of how DC has to this point has fouled everything up. If it were me and if I were running that studio, I would not have done Flashpoint as their for your first film. Yeah. Because this is the this is the other thing. The character is not well established enough mm-hmm. to where to your point like a Peter Parker, mm-hmm. Tom Holland that we've seen for years and years and years kind of doing this character and we have a uh, have a sympathy and an empathy for the character when it goes through stuff. We've been making jokes about I mean, I've been making jokes about how the Flash runs. I've been making jokes generally about how these movies aren't that good, Mm -hmm. generally speaking. So this is why it's ambitious in the sense that for the the solo film for The Flash that they're doing one of the biggest stories in The Flash's history. And that's cool. But that feels like it feels like it felt like initially to me something that you would build up uh, towards Mm -hmm. as opposed to something that you start off right off the bat so to your point as far as like where that feeling is i don't know like if and if that doesn't land it is gonna hurt the movie because the point of the movie is the empathy that you feel for barry and then you realize when he goes up against uh another villain i I don't know if it's reverse flash in this or black flash but just another uh, just another kind of extra version of him that kind of points out to him, hey, this is on you. And mm-hmm. like you said, you want to feel empathy and sympathy for the character. I don't know if I'm going to feel that. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll yep. find out. Also, Barry Allen sounds like the name of like a six foot five D tackle in the 70s or like one of those like uh, those face masks with the big thing down the middle. Um, anyway. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. Runs fast. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, but yeah, I, we'll see. Um, but I liked what I saw. I may be more excited for the movie, but I'm also kind of just like, there is obviously a thing. It's just like Ezra Miller is not just a criminal. Ezra Miller is like deeply a criminal. And so it's nasty stuff, man. Yeah. And so like, I honestly hope that they don't even put them on the press tour at all. Cause like, I actually don't think you need Ezra to do press in order to sell the movie. Just be like Michael Keaton as Batman is in it. It's a multiverse story. Eat up the slop you pig. Cause like, I actually don't think you need, I don't. I just don't. I don't need to see Ezra Miller on the Tonight Show chopping it up with Jimmy Fallon. Like I just. I don't. I don't think that that's good, and, or it's not worth it for any studio to do that. And I think they're gonna do it. The, oh my god! Like I said, this press run is gonna be fascinating to see how they navigate it. Just, just on on that alone. So the Flash, June. I believe June sixteenth. It 
you know, this this show will we'll, we'll visit it. We'll, we will definitely take a look and and see what the movie brings in. We'll see if it has any any effects on the DCU, as it seems like James Gunn has hinted that there is some elements of this film that will reset everything to allow the DCU to come in and do what they're going to do following this film. So from that standpoint, it should be interesting. Uh, a quick thing before we get out of here. I could not believe on Friday, and they did this with the last trailer, but when Fast X dropped their trailer, I said, four minutes, don't tell me they're going to do this again, and they did it again. In all of its glory, I just, it is amazing again how Dwayne The Rock Johnson screwed this up so royally, because how would you not want to be a part of that, that it looked Amazing. Everybody's in it. Everybody in their mama is in that movie. It's a uh-huh. DJ Khaled record. Uh, and yeah, just great stuff. Um, I and Once again, these are trailer editors knowing what to give us. What we want is, yeah, we want to know what the story is, but we mostly just want cuts to characters we know. It's like, oh, they're in it. Oh, they're in it. Oh, wow, they're in it. <laughs> like, that's what we want. And I think that I put it on Twitter and I keep sharing this fact because it's so funny to me. That of the 21 different best actress winners in the 21st century, three of them, or 14.2%, are in Fast X. They have three different best actress Academy Award winners in the this oh century God. alone in the movie. You can't That's beat it. it. No one yeah. else, no one else is making boss calls like Vin. Ben, he got Britney Griner out of Russia. He got Brie Larson in Fast and X. I mean, he, <laughs> he's making boss calls. Man, you got Jason Momoa licking a bloody knife in this. My God, what we are we are cooking with fish grease and any type of grease you ever want to think of. Holy hmm. shit! And they're like, oh, remember that like anonymous drug lord character that they rob in uh, Fast Five? Guess what? He's important now. This is his son. That, no one is doing it like Vin. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Where he said it's like Tolkien. He compared himself to Tolkien, and I'm like, you're goddamn right, you did. They, oh my god! <laughs> you got you got. He had Jason. fellowship. Tolkien had fellowship. He's got family. Sorry. You got you got Shaw and Han teaming up for a little little buddy cop situation. Oh my goodness! It's all over the place. And the the Letty Cipher fight that we see at the end. Oh, <laughs> so much happening in that. Yeah, Fast X man. In uh, a few uh, months, yeah. oh. we're ma- we're making our way through the Fast and the Furious catalog. Yes, we'll be we'll we'll be, we'll, we'll be a little be bit behind. To... We'll be behind. We'll be behind. Unfortunately, but. I don't yes. care. I, it's, it's exciting. It's that's May nineteenth, I believe, uh, and I will be there. Um, and yeah, that's exciting. The other trailer that dropped is the trailer for uh, Air, the Ben Affleck movie. Oh which yeah, is just for me, honestly, a movie directed by Ben Affleck, starring Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, about like business negotiations. Like, thank you very much. People are like, oh, they're making a movie about Nike, and that's just about the business people, and it's like. They are, and I understand why that's a little bit problematic, but let me have this. I just, I love this shit. I love inner workings of companies and movies. Um, and yeah, man, just some really incredible stuff. Ben Affleck uh, and the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Just a great day for Ben. I want to shout him out. People making fun of him at the Grammys. But he's a 50-year-old white dude. He, does, he doesn't belong there. What do you mean? Like, yeah, he's, why? Watch the agenda. He, exactly. he wanted to sleep. He wanted exactly. to sleep. We know he wanted to sleep. Yeah. I get it. I totally understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, J Lo yeah. want to be out and about, but he want to sleep. I mean, but yeah, you got to listen when when the lady talks. You got to listen. He showed up. He showed up, and you're going to judge right. him for being upset. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much as far as that's concerned. We just got a TV spot on this, but I will add 
it is always fun to see Harrison Ford as mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. That's another film. June is shaping up to be a ridiculous month between Transformers and Flash. And did you and see the Indiana new announcement today though about uh, John Wick? Where oh said, yeah, two the longest in the history of the franchise. My goodness, this is a wonderful year for uh, action adventure movies. Yeah, it's, man, this is just I can't. I'm, I'm ready, man. I you know, I live five minutes from a movie theater. I have uh, some movie theater gift cards that my mother got me for Christmas, and they're going to be gone in like a week because I'm just going to be fucking like this this year, man. A lot of good, and some of these aren't going to be good, but the fact is, I think there's going to be a lot of good franchise stuff, a lot of exciting yeah. stuff, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll cover a lot of it on the main feed. Some of it we'll cover on Patreon, and That's some great. of it we won't cover at all because you know some of it we don't need to cover. I mean, like, no one needs to talk about Dungeons and Dragons, Honorable Thieves. No, God, no, no, not not in the slightest, but. Yeah, oh, the next time you'll hear us on this feed will be Quantum Mania, the recap, as this is the week that hashtag Kang Gang is in full force. Ant Man versus Kang, Cassie, Hope, Hank, Jan. Oh my goodness, it's it's gonna be very exciting. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to being with you all too. And we got a couple of good guests for it too, so it should be fun. Jay Christie. Pleasure, as always, doing this with you. Where can we follow you, my friend? You can follow me on Twitter, at Jay Christie, and listen to my other podcast, Love It First Psych, where me and Andre Barrera are watching the show Psych. We just started this week. Uh, the second episode will be up today. Don't get psyched out, but listen to Psych. Yeah, correct. Yes, and you can follow me on the Twitter, at AnthonyCanton underscore three. Follow the show, at MC University Pod. Same on Instagram. Also, YouTube. Check the YouTube channel for any videos that we have. On this content, we'll be continuing to try and put a few more of these up as we go. Appreciate everybody for listening and supporting, and you know the Patreon as well. For Jake Christie, I am Anthony Canton III. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time.